Hi there. In this episode of the Rest-Based Weight Loss series, I want to address something and I'm just going to give you a warning right off the bat, just a trigger warning. Uh, I'm going to be talking about violation and the connection between violation and weight issues. And so if that's not something that you can like kind of deal with right now, then this is just a heads up, just a warning um, that that we're going to be discussing some just triggering things uh, just very briefly in this episode of the Rest-Based Weight Loss series. But in case this is your first time listening, my name is Lene Urban. I'm a certified nutrition consultant. I'm a stress management coach. I'm a lifestyle coach. And I truly believe, and the more that I am studying and working with with people and, and supporting people through their health their health journeys and their weight loss journeys, the the more experience I have, the more I firmly like 100% and truly believe that weight issues are not diet and exercise issues at all. I truly believe that weight issues are are deeper like deeper issues. There are deeper issues, and that diet and exercise that diet and exercise can't fix. Um, and so one of the, one of the reasons that I was inspired to come live with this particular subject is very specifically because of, of a connection that, uh, someone that I have been supporting through her weight loss journey for the past several months, a connection that she was able to make between the reason why she holds on to weight and, uh, and something that happened to her when she was younger. And so I felt really inspired to, you know, just to, I asked her if I could share, I asked her if I could share her her story and and what she shared with me and she said absolutely and so that's the only reason um that i'm that i'm coming live and i'm actually sharing this and i I won't like reveal her name or any other information um out of you know for for privacy reasons but what she shared with me was such a was such a demonstration like such a demonstration of a connection between the fact that weight issues aren't diet and exercise issues, um, that weight issues stem from something, uh, an imbalance, right? I, I frequently say that weight issues stem from like imbalance issues. Uh, and I say metabolic imbalance when our metabolism is out of balance, then we have, you know, weight issues that happen. And the the metabolic imbalance can come from several different areas like metabolic imbalance uh, can come from eating too much not eating enough exercising too much not exercising enough like balance really requires you to be able to walk on a tightrope but the the issue is especially for a lot of people the issue is that behaviors that cause imbalance have been established uh have been established for, since from from you know sometimes from childhood and this example uh, of what it is that I want to share like this example that one of the ladies that I have been supporting for the past several months it, it's a great illustration and it was I, w- I admired her so much for being able to first of all make this connection and second of all like actually share it with me so I'm going to read specifically, I'm going to read specifically what, what she wrote and and what I wrote back to her and, and, and where all that came from. 
Um, but it started off with, uh, with me, you know, we were having a conversation and she is really close to getting under, she's really close to getting under a, a certain amount of weight that she's never been at before. Um, she's never been like, she hasn't been at this weight, you know, and everything is kind of going along so smoothly. And I told her that this is like, just the perfect storm for self-sabotage like this is the perfect storm for your mentally like your mind is going to start freaking out about the fact that you are approaching a weight you know getting under a certain weight that you haven't been able to get under before um you have some things coming up you know in with your schedule where it's going to be like just a perfect opportunity to be like well you know these things are happening what I find is that self-sabotage, especially when it comes to trying to achieve any sort of goal, is real because if we've never experienced success in something previously, then our brains have no idea what life looks like if we actually achieve that. And so out of fear, for us, it's, an, it's a subconscious fear. For our brains, it's a protection like it's a protective layer from what from what possibly could happen and what may be if we actually achieve this goal that we've been striving toward so for example there are some people who are afraid of of actually getting down to the size or the weight that they that they really want to be at and some of this fear actually comes from previous experience of what happens as they get closer and closer to that weight of of some outside things. So I told her that my assignment for her was to journal. I said, because this is gonna be a perfect storm of self-sabotage and it's all gonna be up here. Like all of the decisions that you make that may sabotage your efforts and may sabotage your ability to start getting lower and lower underneath that number on the scale that you haven't seen in like in years and years and years up here your brain is going to start messing with you at, to protect you from what may happen as a result and i believe that that these subconscious fears that we have they actually come from somewhere and so i told her i want you to journal and she was like i hate journaling i was like i want you to journal anyway <laughs> And uh, she said that she knew from, from journaling in past, she knows that things come up. She knows that memories and triggers and things come up when she journals. And so she anticipated that she was gonna have that experience and she was brave enough to do it anyway. And I wanna share with you what she shared with me. So she uh, messaged me and she shared with me a link to Gillette's new ad. Um, it's an ad on toxic masculinity and uh, Scary Mommy, the blog Scary Mommy did a, a blog post about it. But in essence, the ad was basically calling men out, you know, in light of the Me Too movement, in light of um, in light of women uh, stepping forward and telling their stories of, of trauma and molestation and violation and harassment and those things. The ad, the Gillette ad, uh, was was basically calling men out and saying, men, we need to take responsibility for each other. Like we need to step up and show the next generations 
how uh, how to check each other basically is what the ad was saying. And there was, I watched the ad and there was a quote in there where there were two boys uh, like fighting, like one was bullying the other one. And the response from like the dads that were watching was boys will be boys. And so uh, my friend who messaged me, she said that hearing that term boys will be boys, that triggered a memory for her you know, as she was journaling. So I want to read to you specifically what she said. She said, I sent this ad. She said, I sent this ad to you because I had such an amazing thing happen to me. I was journaling yesterday and started thinking about the reasons I use fat to protect myself. So while, while we were talking before she sent this to me, she realized she knew that she was using her weight as a, as a protective coat, as a protective layer. And she, and I worked with someone else who very specifically used her weight as a protective coat as well. I actually know several women who use their keeping weight on as a way to protect themselves. So that's what she said. She was thinking about the reasons why she does this. And she said, I was thinking about an episode when I was swimming with a family and the teenage brother of one of the adults. It was a lake so no one could see and this kid kept putting his foot in my crotch. Thinking it was an accident, I kept moving, but it kept happening. I told my sister-in-law where I was staying for a, where I told my sister-in-law and she said, men are just like that. Um, I was between the age of 10 and 11. I knew this was wrong and was confused. When I got home, I told my mother and she said, men are just like that. Basically they blew me off. So I, so she said, there is so much more, but it's too difficult to write about just too much. But I just had to share this. And I, my reply to her was, it's really amazing how you were able to make this connection and highlight a much deeper systemic issue of how we women have learned to accept violation and then pass that acceptance down the generations. So the fact that both her mom and her sister-in-law, two women in her life who are supposed to protect her, you know, who are supposed to be able to, to validate her and to give her her guidance and comfort, they, she, she opened up to them about the fact that this violation had occurred and their response was, men are just like that. You know, boys will be boys. And so I said that the issue here is the fact that, you know, we women and there are some men who have been violated as well and who use it, you know, who overeat and, uh, and they use that overeating as a protective or they do some other self-destructive habits in order to cope with the trauma that they face. So this is women and men, but for women, it's amazing how we we experience these violations we experience these traumas and we learn to cope with them right we just learn to deal with them however in dealing with them in coping with with the trauma that happened to us 
what we end up doing is we end up putting in place really self-destructive patterns of behavior that every time we even experience a shadow of a trigger, we immediately run to those self-destructive patterns of behavior. And we use them, we use those patterns of behavior in order to protect ourselves. But meanwhile, we're destroying, we're destroying ourselves in the process. I'm pursuing my stress management certification. And one of the most amazing things that I'm learning is that when we're younger, when we experience trauma, we put, we, we come up with coping mechanisms. We come up with ways to deal and it works for us when, as when we're kids, it continues to work for us perhaps as we become teenagers, but once we become adults, and we continue practicing those coping mechanisms f- to relieve, uh, relieve the, the stress of those traumatic triggers temporarily, what we don't understand or, or what we fail to make the connection uh, to is the fact that these short-term coping mechanisms for, these tr- for, for the triggers from trauma that we experienced when we were younger then manifests itself in really self-destructive ways. It, they manifest themselves physically. They may manifest themselves through our weight, through our health, through our patterns of behavior with food, through our relationships, through who we choose to be in relationships with. They manifest themselves in all these different areas. They manifest themselves uh, in, in, in stress, in physical stress, in emotional stress, in mental stress. They may manifest themselves in mental disorders. Uh, They may manifest themselves in depression and anxiety uh, and and bipolar disorder and and schizophrenic, you know, uh, schizophrenic symptoms. So it's, it's, it's fascinating. It's fascinating for me right now to learn just how much the experiences that we have in our formative years shape like everything that we become as adults if we don't go back and do the work in being able to uh to 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 heal properly to heal properly from what we experienced so I told her, my response to her was that it was amazing how she was able to make this connection. And she responded to me and she said, I'm glad you realized how significant this was for me, trying to express how this impacted me in just written word is so difficult. So imagine having to actually try to talk it out with, to, to speak to someone and to, and to put words to this like deep wound that was inflicted on us. So my response to her was, thank you for being brave enough to express this. Too many of us get these types of triggers. So we are constantly, if we were, if we experienced trauma, violation, molestation, abuse, neglect, Uh, as kids or as teenagers or even as young adults, and then we experience a trigger, 
we see something, we read something, we hear something that like, that, that, that sticks a dagger into that wound that's already there that was inflicted on us, then our natural response is to bury, right? Because it's too painful for us to address. So the natural response is to bury. And so I said, too many of us get these types of triggers. We bury the pain and then we wonder why we end up sick why we end up with cancer, why we end up with heart disease, why we end up struggling with depression, why we end up with anxiety, why we end up uh, with, with all of these physical and emotional health disorders. So I asked her very specifically if I could do a video and, you know, and do a podcast episode about this because this was just confirmation for me once again on how weight issues are not diet and exercise issues. Weight issues are deeper imbalance issues. And now I'm learning that there is even another layer to the imbalance, to metabolic imbalance. We create imbalance in our metabolisms, which then result in weight gain and and the inability to be able to lose weight. But we create that imbalance based on the coping mechanisms that we put in place in response to, in response to trauma, in response to certain experiences that we had. And so I don't have like answers you know, I don't have answers for in, in this particular episode for what to do if this applies to you. But my my point and my purpose was number one to share to share this story, and number two uh, to just to bring to light the fact that if you experienced trauma, if you experienced triggers, you know if if you find yourself experiencing uh, and coming in in contact with something that triggers you to eat something that you're trying to give up or triggers cravings for things or or triggers really self-destructive, you know, patterns of behavior, then when it's time for you to pursue weight loss and it's time for you to try to sustain that weight loss, I'm telling you that the chances of you actually being successful and the chances of you sustaining any results that you achieve are going to be significantly lower if at the same time you are not pursuing, uh, you're not pursuing help, healing, you know, you're not pursuing the healing of what happened to you because you, you can throw the band-aids of diet and exercise on top of it all, all you want, but you will never not, you will never stop coming in contact with experiences that are going to trigger that wound that's inside of you. The reason why I shifted, I was very, I, I, I I was all gung ho. You know what I mean? I was all gung ho about this whole weight loss coaching thing. I was like, yeah, I'm going to come in here, rest-based weight loss. You know, I was all gung ho about it. And I very specifically over the past several months as I've, as I was working with groups and group coaching and working with women one-on-one, I very specifically said, okay, okay, 
because my thing as a weight loss coach is all about sustainability. I don't care how much weight you lose. If you can't sustain that weight loss, then it's a fail. Whatever program, whatever diet, whatever strategy that you implement and you, oh, I lost all this weight and I was down to this and I looked like this and I was that. If you were not able to sustain that weight loss, then it failed. The program failed. The strategy failed. So my thing as a weight loss coach is I don't care about how much weight you lose. My strategy, my, my outlook is always five years from now. My outlook and everything that I tell the, the women that I work with, every suggestion that I give, every tip, every uh, strategy, every lesson, everything is me projecting five years out and saying, this is what you have to do now, not just to lose the weight you want to lose, but keep it off and still be here looking like this in six or seven years. Okay. So I decided that this year in 2019, I'm not doing the whole, oh, work with me for 12 weeks. Let's work together for, you know, 12 weeks, three months and see where that gets us or, you know, and then see if we want to No, the minimum, the minimum I'll work with someone this year. I've decided in 2019 is six months. And that's if they've already done the work. If they told me, yeah, I've been to counseling. I know this is wrong with me. That's wrong with me. I have it all under control. I have my self-care routine and, you know, I journal and I do this. Perfect. Minimum six months. But right now, the group that I'm going to start coaching and we're actually starting on Monday, we are going to be working together for 365 days. We're working together for a year. Why? Because yes, as we're changing our diet and as we're exercising to lose weight and you know burning belly fat and all those things, every single day, I'm going to be having these ladies doing assignments that very specifically tap into what is triggering what is triggering their cravings, what's triggering those patterns of behavior with food, what's triggering the, the lack of motivation to exercise. We are going to be digging into those triggers. And I gave them all a heads up. And I said, this is, what's, this is what it's gonna have to be. Because as a weight loss coach, my success with you depends on what you're able to sustain, not what you're able to lose. Um, so that's just, that's a, a note. That's just what I wanted to share. You know, um, that's what I wanted to share with you. So if you are interested in joining us, we start on Monday, we start in five days, then I'll link in the description, how you can get it, get connected with us and jump in with us on January 21st. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Looking forward to seeing you next time.